You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond, Guild 9 Gaming Podcast, covering board games to war games and beyond. And welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. I am your host, Justin, and we got the team back together. Welcome, Dan and J- Jason. Hey. Greetings, Earthlings. I totally flubbed on your name, Jason. It's okay. I'm like, Jason. We're here. How long have you known him? Jason. Yeah, exactly. So, Dan, welcome back. I heard you had a good trip last week. Oh, yes. We went to Niagara Falls and got Misty. Misty eyed? Well, no, there's a lot of mist. There's a lot of That's water true. in the air. Yeah. yeah. Did you stay on the wet. US side or did you go on the Canada side too? You, you can't go to the Canadian side right now because oh, you of COVID 19. They don't oh, want right. Americans. They literally right. don't want Americans over because we are mm. we are unclean. <laughs> well, yeah, well I, they're just they're just acknowledging stuff that everybody's thought about for a long time. They were looking for a reason. They're all, they were like, they think, oh, an opportunity. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> thinks they're all so polite, but deep down inside. No, I'm kidding. I'm now, correct me if I'm wrong, but in some of your pictures, it looked like, is that the, was that the um, Toronto Space Needle in the back? Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah. Well, Needle? no, it's some, I don't know what the heck it is. It's it's Niagara, Canada, whatever. There's Niagara, okay. there's Niagara Falls in New York and Niagara yeah. Falls in okay. Canada and they have their own tourist trappy type cities that are all designed around getting people to see the falls and it's yeah it's lovely that's good it's really great very good very good well welcome back my friend uh it is good to have you here today we are going to talk about lore smith and specifically one of their products uh a uh, sci-fi dungeon card thing that Dan is really really hyped up about um, we may get into some of their other stuff, though we're probably not the biggest experts on it, but we've looked at their website and we feel sufficiently knowledgeable to talk about them. Yes, Woo-hoo! we can write reviews and uh, <laughs> state opinions as fact. That's right. <laughs> it's the internet, pals. It's the right. internet. <laughs> All right, my friends, how was your Geek Week? Dan, you're going to kick us off. Oh, not, not well, I'll be spending a lot of time in the main part of the show talking about my Geek Week. So okay. I'm going to light. Uh, I ordered a Nintendo for my son for his birthday on Ooh. the same day they uh, the they had the Xbox announcement. Wait, wait, ah. which Nintendo did you get him a Switch? Uh, just the Switch. Well, okay. I got, we got the Switch for the family. And he's he's too young for a real Xbox anyway. Yeah. And the family needed a Switch. It was still a good purchase. And guess what? It is hard to find that stuff MSRP. Oh, go on dude, certain... switches are real hard. Yeah, so I was lucky, and I found one of the big box stores that sold it to me at MSRP and can, patted myself on the back. Did you was... get um, the the one with the removable Joy-Cons or the, the light with them like stuck in it? No, we did removable. Oh, yeah. yeah cause, uh... So, recommendation. Uh, you know, obviously, I think... Um... Glued them on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you, dude, those... Here, the one thing I I have a problem with with the Switch because we have a Switch too. My kids play it all the time, even, especially my little ones. Um, those Joy Cons fail a lot, and Ugh. you really cannot get aftermarket Joy Cons. Oh, really? So yeah, it's just uh, that it's a great console, and the Joy Cons are so they're so nice because they're so light, and you can like pass them around yeah. when you want to drive Mario Kart, you know, and stuff. But um, because they're so light, I think they uh, they don't take a beating super well. So like if you know if your kid yeah. like drops it and accidentally steps on it, like it 
it might take it take some damage. So just be prepared. To, I'm prepared. Uh, I already yep. bought another one, and I bought the handle charger handle thing for it too. So yeah. it's like okay, so this controller after everything said is said and done is 130 bucks. Okay, nice, great. Well, yeah. no, it's don't think se- about it like that. Seventy plus thirty-five. Yeah, you're so, thinking about it the wrong way. Yeah, one hundred and five dollars. Everybody's thinking, fun. Everybody's yeah. having fun. We're not, exactly. you know, everybody can have a mini Joy-Con and play Mario Kart. Yeah, mission it's achieved. Great, man. Mission accomplished. What I, you need really to do is it. take the total hours of enjoyment had, divide it by how many kids you have, and then divide <laughs> the dollar amount into that. So you know, each dollar you're like, well, that just cost us a hundred dollars each yeah. kid. That's cool. Next time it's fifty. You it's know, 50. whatever. This is this reminds me of Dead Poets Society when Robin Williams told them not to measure the greatness of poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being Gen Xers and getting that reference. I say crap at like work, and there's like dead air with the millennials. Oh, They're like, what? Like, carpe like, oh, captain, my captain, carpet DM, you guys. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh, oh. Make sure you get a make sure you get a uh, uh, screen protector too. Oh, a screen protector? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just I, like your phone. Right now, uh, this is a sh- The only way I was able to get it into my house is to make it a shared birthday present for, for me go. and the boy. So it's half mine and half his. And he gotcha. can't, he's not allowed to play with it solo style, not docked, uh, except for very specific scenarios. And he's not allowed to take it out of the room where we play it anyway. Oh, so there you go. Good. I, got I've got him, I, got him, I got him locked down so far, but we've already been yelled at. We got it, what, on uh, Sunday? And guess what? The. The spouse aggro has already joined the party. Uh-oh. So it's like, well, I don't know. I, don't, I can't win. So it's okay. It's spouse right. aggro. Dude, it's well, cool. Real. That'll be fun. Yeah. It, it's t- You know what? I said I wasn't going to spend a lot of money on this stuff until I had a kid beg me. So that's where I'm at. So anyway. There you go. Uh, I've been pl- I'm still playing Star Wars uh, Heroes of the Galaxy or whatever. Oh. I finally unlocked a character that took me like four and a half months to unlock. I have Revan, wow. Lightside, And you have to like... Unlock five other characters. Two of two or three are, are totally garbage, and then you have to max them up all the way before you can get the wow. one you want. So I don't know. I'm trying not to. I haven't spent money on it. I've just been doing it slow burn, like mm-hmm. with teeny tiny incremental improvements every day, and it feels like a job. It feels like a feels like a part time job. <laughs> but I'm not a quitter. Nope. <laughs> are you having fun though? That's the real question. I, it didn't change my life when I unlocked Revan. There was no, you know, the room didn't light up. I, I was not skipping down the street going, oh, I've got a Revan. Oh, I feel like that was anticlimactic. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, when yeah. you turn from 29 to 30, you're like, you're like, oh, I, I guess I am uh, still the same person. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I thought the Rockiers would be a bit rockier than this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it, my Star Wars addiction is fed a little bit every day by this 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 game that feeds me just a little bit of joy every day, but it's in such small increments, I, I don't know what to do. So anyway, I'm not giving it up. I'm that addicted. So at least I'm not spending money on it anymore. There you go. I, I mean, can stop you're... anytime I want. <laughs> I, I can quit anytime. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, let's see. You are 27 podcast episodes into it, I believe. If yeah. we want to measure it by another amount of time, uh, I'll be awesome. honest. It it, it 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 was a lot of COVID sanity. Uh, you know, I needed something just to like fixate on that was totally meaningless. So there's a lot of crap going on in the world, and it helps to have yeah. a total total brain drain that doesn't require scheduling with four other adults and and social distancing and stuff like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there's really no politics injected into it other than the Sith want to murder the Jedi, and I can do it when I'm pooping. There you go. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's a win. There's a win. Hey, I, I'm like Trump and Twitter on this game. Let me just tell you. <laughs> Dude, so, so, you know, it's pretty sad that when, you know, you get to a certain age that that moment on the porcelain throne <laughs> is your moment of solitude. And you're like, just let me have Dude, my, like, 15 minutes. Not even, though. How many, how many times have you been in that trying to take that moment and there's a kid outside asking it's it's my wife can I, call me. Escrow, can I have some She'll call me after i'm taking, done taking a dump yeah get out my of wife here will call me i know you're on your phone I'm like, <laughs> leave, me alone. <laughs> leave me alone leave me alone uh, my, this, is me, this is my me time man this is my me time yeah 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 i'm with you i'm with you no i made the mistake when we were in the hotel room falling into the same habits with four other people needing to use the restroom i'm like oh i guess i i guess i have to play video games in front of everybody now everybody knows dad takes 20 minutes <laughs> 20 minutes well, if he got his revenue we could trim five minutes off that awesome awesome thank you dan it sounds like uh not a terrible geek week not terrible Thank Very you. good. All right, Jason, what about you? I got in some uh, some uh, of uh, the uh, mold, the sil- uh, liquid silicon, okay. and was able to make some more molds of mm. the sci-fi bases. So I got my little towel skulls in, uh, which are really cool. I was I was expecting. I, I kind of had um, mixed feelings about what these were going to look like. I got them on eBay. Um, the uh, the guy said he had made them from a cast. Uh, but they came in and they looked great, man. They just looked like something you'd buy out of a bag from, you know, Games Workshop or yeah, something. Yeah, cool. Great scale. Uh, they look great. So I did the same approach as last time. I took the, um, the uh, what's it, the, like, patch cement, the wet patch yeah. cement, put a little bit of that on the base, stuffed some skulls in, put some bits, other little bits, sci-fi bits in there, let them dry, and then poured a mold, poured the, the mold over them, and uh, I've already done, like, six or six six or seven casts well two or three casts that have made like you know nine bases or something so i'm pretty excited i'm getting ready to get ready to mass produce these sci-fi bases um it'll be cool uh if if anyone's interested you know smooth on is a big popular one that people use for casting i decided i was going to try try a different brand this time so i went with uh it's called bbdino molding star 30a platinum which really is not a lot of information to go find this but uh did you say BB Dino? It's not BB Dino. BB Dino. I'm saying Dino. It looks like Dino to me. You could say what you want. I bought okay. it. Okay. All right. All right. That's fair. <laughs> BB. It's. I mean, it's all. Ca- I don't even know if it stands for something because it's all caps. So BB Dino. But uh, whatever. Anyways, and Probably the thing is, I think that initials. they resell it. I think they get it from an, another company and they just rebottle it uh, okay. uh, and sell it. So. It's one of those like you know you buy it off Amazon and it's like kind of a nondescript container, so you're like, yeah, like is this someone just reselling or is this really their own product? The, the point is though that it's um it's a 30A mold, um, which is a measure of the hardness, and uh, real happy with it. It's really strong. I think that it's stronger based on making this mold. I made it almost the exact same way that I used I did with Smooth On, and I feel like yeah. this mold is actually stronger than the Smooth On mold. Um, so it might, uh, you know, time will tell, but we'll see. I think that it might actually last longer. Nice. It was about the same price. How much, how much day. was it for a, a thing? So it's a, you know, it's, it's a two part mixture, a part A, part B. Um, yeah. so it's, it's 
one pound each or two two pounds total shipping but one pound each um and the thing the reason why i went with this one and it was about 35 dollars, and the reason i went with this one is because the smooth on um once you open the um the actual uh rubber the liquid rubber to make the mold with uh-huh. it's got a short shelf life like maybe a month oh, before it okay. like hardens and just like crustifies inside the bottle this one says advertised that it has a 12 month shelf life so wow I'm going to break it open in another, you know, two months to see if it out-survived the smooth-on. I was going to say, are you going to, like, leave it out just to prove to yourself it could last long and end up wasting it? Yeah, well, um, I'll probably I'll probably do something else with it um, and then leave a little bit, like maybe like a quarter in the bottle, just to, uh-huh. see, if it, uh, to see if it truly lasts. All right. That, but uh, I mean, it's not super expensive for what you could do with it, because once you make the mold, I mean, you know, you can make like a hundred... 100 bases, 100 yeah. casts before the mold starts to deteriorate. So it's yeah. well worth the $35. Cool. There, but uh uh I finished Cobra Kai the first season and I'm I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not going to watch the second season. What? I wow. got extremely frustrated with the use of clichés at the Ooh. last two episodes. Okay. I, I really enjoyed the first three quarters of the series or the season because I felt like they were they were approaching a standard cliche and then they would deviate from it so that it, they didn't follow like a standard trope and I'd be like okay cool but then the last two episodes dude it was just cliche after cliche even like standard words like I don't even know who you are anymore like, <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh finally like at the end the way it ended I was just like I'm not gonna watch this baby you can just tell me how it ends uh, Jason, it was just Jason. Season I'm two. I'm sorry, man. No. Wow. Wow. Uh, my wife will tell me. I'm. I'm sorry, man. I. <laughs> I just have a really big problem with watching shows that follow these cliche paths that have been used for decades and decades and decades. It's like yeah. give me something new, or it's not worth my time. Give the people what they want, man. Give them what that they said, want. That said, it was fun, and it was a fun trip down memory lane. But I kind of, I think, I think I just got what I needed out of it from the memory lane down there well they got but, another season coming you've already tapped out yep i'm in they, it oh, i'm in it to three. win it yeah they're filming season three i think right now yeah cool Whoa. well we'll see if my wife tells me you know if my wife watches season two and she's like oh man it was really good and it got better and i'm sure you guys have opinions on it, then maybe i'll maybe i'll give it a try there's just so many other maybe things i'll that get I her watch. to watch uh, gilmore girls or project <laughs> <Runway>. <laughs> Listen, there's just so many other things that I have listen, limited time for that I want to fill with. I went into watching Cobra Kai with the same expectations I had for Bill and Ted's Face of Music. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. And yeah. so, you know, I knew there was going to be cheesy cliches, and I knew that they were going to flip it all on its head, you know, because that's kind of like the whole purpose of we're looking at it from Johnny's perspective and all that. So <laughs> That, that was know. cool. I really liked that. John, John is like my, one of my favorite characters in there. Yeah. So I just I felt like um, what was his his star student's name? The one the guy who won the tournament. I can't remember the name. Robbie. Robbie. Was it Robbie? No. Yeah. No. Oh, was I haven't Robbie even the, watched it the yet. The name no of the, Span, the Spanish kid. <laughs> yeah, isn't that Robbie? No, Robbie's his own son. Yeah. Right. Robbie's his own son. Anyways, uh, Gustavo. Gustavo. <laughs> Stop. Anyway, it was El Elegante. I felt El, like yes, right. El I felt like sure. the last episode. Um, he, 
the last two episodes, his level of aggression felt uncharacteristic for who he was in the first half of the season. Okay. I understood what they were getting at is that, yeah. you know, that the the dude, the sensei dude was was taking them down a wrong path and he needed to see that he had kind of started to take them down the no mercy wrong path. But I felt like it was just way too quick and way too uncharacteristic. So it was the it, it was the Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader yeah. in the Cobra Kai world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, except um I mean, he didn't kill any younglings, but yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, pause. I'm like, eh, does it really apply? But yeah, kind of, I guess. I'm just saying, it, in the movies, it, seemed, it felt really fast, right? right? It did. Yeah. yeah, it did. And and realizing that, you know, in in the movies, there's there's a lot of time, I think, that's not represented. But um, here in the show, it's kind of like, no, it's, it, I don't know. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I Anyways. think now. Now I don't. Now I don't even know if I should watch it now. You should, Dan. Don't don't listen to Jason. Don't, watch the don't first, listen to the internet the haters. Don't listen to the haters. All right. I'm not a hater. I just have. I know. A, I'm, I'm not a hater. Kidding. You're entitled to your opinion. You and should it's watch always the first negative, season. and you always shoot everything down. No, I'm, I'm kidding. You should watch the first season just because it's a it's a stroll down memory lane with Karate Kid, and it was a fun stroll. It was right. a fun. It was yeah. fun stroll. I keep just trying to start to watch it, but you know, family and crap. I okay. I loved I loved what was that one episode where they they uh what's his name uh what's the sensei guy's name the blonde hair guy I'm, I'm Johnny Johnny when he uh when he when he brought his student aside and was like let me tell you what happened and he like tells like all of the events from like the Karate Kid where where he was like a bully but from his perspective where it looks <laughs> yeah. like Danielson oh, was fantastic. a bully. Oh, I loved it. They did it's such fantastic. a good job. Yeah, especially uh, since like if you. I mean, all I'm doing you, is minding my own business, and he comes yeah. in and just starts pouring water on me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, uh, it kind of did happen that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially if you ever listen to Patton Oswalt tell the tragic tale of Johnny, like his <laughs> his like this is like from like ten years ago. He had this whole thing about like Johnny was this kid, you know that uh, you know this Italian kid came up and just bullied him. So there was like that theory out there for a while that that Ralph Macchio was really the aggressor, <laughs> and it's right. fantastic. No one yeah. remembers the hardcore bully culture that was like propagated by the adults during the late seventies and most oh, yeah. of the eighties. So oh, yeah. mm-hmm. we we could spend an hour on that. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, I would absolutely recommend the first season. Um, you know, and do what you want after that, but. Uh, Last thing that I did is my brother came up from um, from uh, Texas. He's getting he's moving um, into this area, um, and uh, he actually has a Tesla. Oh, and um, and he, he I didn't think he was gonna drive it up, but he, he drove it up, and and I was like, hey, uh, do, do you like your Tesla? He's like, you want to drive it? <laughs> and I was like, I looked at Annie. I was like, uh, do you need help with dinner? Or can I go drive the... And she's like, just go. <laughs> so I drove a Tesla. I'll tell you, I have put off driving the Tesla every opportunity, and I finally caved. And oh my gosh, man. Did he ever question why you say Tesla with a Z? Tesla? Did it sound like I was saying it with a Z? Tesla? No, it's Tesla. Okay, all right. Yeah, all it right, probably just came it. out wrong. Just, oh, okay. You know what? It. This is a history of, of this podcast, Justin. <laughs> Of you correcting every word that comes out of my mouth. No. All right. So anyway, so we're driving this car, and let me tell you, I don't know if you've ever driven one. They're expensive cars, so you know it's you know whether or not you'll ever be able to have one that is either way. Uh, 
opportunity to drive this car to sit back and actually let the car drive itself and have that feeling. Which model did he have? It was the Model 3. So it was okay. probably, you know, I think that's the cheapest. It's the low end, right? I yeah. would not call it cheap because the base model is 35 grand. Well, and it's thirty-five grand until you click the button that says "put everything you need to have." Eight, on it. Well, that's the same. It's like <laughs> that's like the the factory stock is thirty-five grand, and then you yeah. start adding yeah. what you actually really need to have a good experience, and you're looking at probably fifty grand. I think least. it is fifty is about the price you're going to pay when you walk to walk off a lot with one of these things. Um, but anyway, so I literally, like he had to tell me, he's like, "Dude, Jason, you got to trust the car." I want you to take your hands off the steering wheel. <sighs> Don't do and it. So Don't do it. In, you put in an auto, dude. Take that thing off the steering wheel. And sure enough, man, that car just drove itself, winding in the road, slowing down for bicyclists, everything. Now, they do have a safety feature where, like, after about 30 seconds, it'll it'll very softly kind of blink at you. And then it says, please place your hand on the steering wheel. So it knows when you don't have your hand on the steering wheel. Um, oh, so what he does is he says, you just kind of... You know, you grab you, you grab the steering wheel with your hand down at six o'clock, and you just hold on to it. And just the fact that you're holding to it, when it tries to turn the wheel, it'll feel kind of the tension from your hand just sitting there with gravity. And you could just put your hand like that. Says so when I he drove from Texas to Virginia, and the the car basically drove itself. He just put wow. his hand down there and just chilled the whole way. And I'm like, and so then I'm like, can I take can I take my wife out? So I took my wife out later. He's like, yeah, just take her for a drive. And I did the same thing. I made her take her hands off, like when we were winding back through Clifton, Virginia. And she was just like, this is unreal. It is just such a weird feeling to have this vehicle drive you. But anyways, I don't know if I'll ever see one in my driveway, but uh, it sure was fun to get behind the wheel of something advanced like that and have it take you for a spin. <laughs> nice. The future's cool. here. Yeah, very cool. Very good. That's it for me. Cool. Uh, let's see. My Geek Week, I finished up my 40K league. Um, I, you know, we were putting pods of, of six players, so I played five games. And the top player in the group moves on to playoffs. And I can assuredly tell you I was not the top player in our group. So my season is pretty much done. They'll start up another season probably in a couple months again. Um, Did but, they give out a wooden spoon? Uh, I was not the bottom. Either. Ah, okay. So that's good. I I won two games. Oh, cool. And lost three. So and the three that I lost to, like those those guys were really good competitive players too. Yeah, it's like my LVO record. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, it, you're sharpening yeah. your blade, man. Things are, you know, it's it, there's friction. Uh, it. I think I'm doing more than I. You know, I I think I'm not even to the sharpening stage yet. I'm still hammering it out with uh, tongs and yeah. tongs and a furnace. You know, because um, it's such a new system, even compared to uh, Age of Sigmar. And uh, it was just really good to get time on the table and really just like get a good rhythm of what happens. And you know, I learned a lot. I learned that um, I've got some Age of Sigmar habits that are creeping into my game mm, style. Like what? Um, I'm putting my models too close uh, because the distances, like if shooting oh, in yeah. Age of Sigmar, mm-hmm. are so much shorter. So I've, I've been putting them too close, which puts them in bad positions um, to also get shot at and, you know, charged, countercharged. So um, my spacing is, is really off, and um, deployments just need a lot of work too. You know, because it's just a different deployment methodology, yeah. or when mm-hmm. you're when when it's so heavily focused on shooting. So that's the future, man. 
Uh, yeah, but anyway, it was a, it it was a great experience. Um, I learned a lot about my faction, and that I'm probably gonna ditch it for another one. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's not it it's a good faction, but it's not what I thought it was going to be. And I don't know if I want I feel like playing it. So which faction were you playing? Raven Guard. Oh yeah, Space mm-hmm. Marine Raven Guard. So I think um you know they had like the deep strike capabilities, and they kind of got nerfed um with the new edition. They were like bikers. No, that's the White Scars. Oh, okay. So Raven Guard's kind of the deep strike. They play a lot like the Night Haunt, you know what I mean, where you can kind of bring them in wherever. And, and that's why you were drawn to it? Yeah, I like that mobility opportunity, you know. The problem was is that um, there's so many things that can just blast you off the map mm-hmm. um, in turn one and two, that, and you can't bring on reinforcements until until turn two. So I can't bring them on turn one. So if I go to the bottom of turn, like let's say I get second turn in turn one, in round one, um, I can't bring on my units until the bottom of round two. And that means that there's two rounds of them blasting the crap out of me before I can bring on half of my army. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I end up with like, I end up in a really bad spot. By round two you know what i mean like it's just it makes it easier for them to just focus fire take out half your army then the next half of the army drops and then just take that out instead of it all being on the board at once um you know ready to go so night hunt that was kind of an advantage you know with how big the board was and things that you could place that uh it meant that the army could uh you know it you had to play me differently you had to like protect against the deep strike because you knew it was coming. This yeah. one, you could just bum rush me and take out half of my army and be like, yeah, sure, drop it wherever. I'm ready for it. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> you yeah. know? So, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm like, eh, I, I just, I have a feeling my 40K play style is going to be a lot different than my AOS Night Hunt style, and th- and that's okay, you know? So, um, I think I'm going to try Salamanders or Imperial Fists. Well, it's cool that you can do tabletop sim to get this stuff going man yeah before yeah. you drop a bunch of money on an army yeah. i know i know yeah exactly so i'm i'm kind of excited for it so i mean anyway. i did uh i yeah. did flesh eater courts and you know for a long time and then i was like i want to do another army so i bought like the corn codex and then i was like yeah it sounds fun and then i was like started pricing out lists like okay i'm gonna have to spend another six hundred dollars i was like i'm just gonna keep playing flesh of your courts <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah and and you're it's because you're like that's the really only viable list for a tournament scene is yeah all those bloodthirsters that are gonna yep. cost 150 bucks each or whatever yep. so anyways yeah uh let's see just got some painting done need to do some more i'm trying to win the war on gray in my house and uh, gray plastic is no no good here, but I've got a ton of it. So <laughs> I counted it up the other day when my wife was down here telling me I needed to finish models before I bought more. I mean, that's a that's a oh, fun wow. keep her out of, keep her out. Put a lock on that door. Listen, she she says that to me, and I said, that's that's really good, uh, you know, guidance that you're giving me. You know, uh, yeah. you know, that's not law. She thinks it's law. I think it's just you know nice guidance. So anyway, uh, I was counting up the models I I could be painting and need to get done. It was over like two hundred something models. Wow! So yeah. you're not taking commissions? That's what I'm hearing you say. Are these orcs? Uh, I've got I got to finish my orcs. So I have uh, the orcs represent probably about seventy five of those. Um, but I've got a couple other random boxes and all the space marines I just bought too. Okay. So 
Jeez. Yeah, includes those. Are you going to do commission painting ever? Uh, I, I guess if somebody wants to pay me to paint for them, I will. Sure. I mean, it, it'll help fuel the hobby, but who knows? Well, we'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's right. You got a bunch of minis, don't you? Well, I didn't even have this idea until you're like, hey, Dan, I might want to paint your Lord of the Rings minis. And I was like, true. oh, really? Yeah. Look, those minis are cool, too. And yeah. Sarastro's got some great, great videos on those minis. Mm. So, yeah, Sweet. those are great minis. We'll talk later. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, I kind of was in a weird state. Uh, I started switching my schedule around this week. Um, to accommodate our virtual learning for our kids. So I'm working like four tens. And, dude, those days, when going from eight hours a day to ten hours a day doesn't seem like much, but it is a lot. Yeah. Like, oh, I get yeah. to eight hours, and I'm like, I should be done with my day. And I'm not. And so I just keep going. So I, I have kind of gotten home, and I'm like, I want to paint, but I'm mentally wiped out and exhausted. And so I've been I've been vegging out on this, on this like, Games Pass game called Death Trap. And it's a tower defense game yep. on Xbox. Played that. And really? it's in the uh, Van Helsing world set. You know? <laughs> so wow. it's it's a lot of fun. You have your like your character and you can upgrade your character so like you can run him around and like physically fight off, you know, hordes that are coming. Usually I usually need that when I'm like, Oh crap, I totally didn't build any traps like on the side where they're all coming from. So I have to go over there and single-handedly beat him yeah. back, you know. Um, but it's a lot of fun, and I've just kind of sort of become obsessive-compulsive with it and wanted to get all the stars that I can on each level. And so um, I probably put way more time than I ever thought I would into it, but, you know, I'm vegging out on it, and it's kind of fun. It's good. You can do multiplayer on it, apparently. Really? For tower defense? Uh... Wow. Is it like you try to take down their area and they try to take down yours? I think that's one mode, and I think there's also co-op modes. Oh, huh. I think the co-op mode sounds more fun. Years. Yeah. So, anyway, there's that. Veg out on that. I also watched the first four episodes of the uh, Boys season two. Um, have you guys seen the Boys? Yeah, I. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Dan's Dan's uh, Dan's yeah. response is perfectly appropriate. I'm with you. It is not and I'm, safe. And I'm uh, and I'm caught up. So oh, we'll, that we'll just okay. we'll just yep. leave, we're just gonna leave that one there. And uh, yeah, the boys... I don't think I don't think anyone should ever watch it. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, dude, it's so it sucks <sighs> me in so much. Okay, we're I'm 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 tapping out of this one. This will only get me into trouble. I know who <laughs> listens to the show. Yeah, I don't want yeah. to explain. It... I don't want to have to explain this later. Not safe for work, not safe for uh, family, um, nice. but it it deals with an idea that I think is kind of interesting, which is, you know, there's superheroes around, and what happens when those superheroes have become corporatized? All right, so like big business has basically co-opted the superheroes, and they're all about PR, they're all about selling a brand, they're all about you know selling movies and amusement parks. And all this stuff, you know, and it's almost like their side job is saving the world, not their main job, you know. And so it deals a lot with, like, the greed and the jadedness and the um, sort of maybe psychopathic behaviors that manifest themselves. In yeah, like the idea is, is if you had superpowers, it would probably drive you crazy. Yeah. It'd probably drive you insane. And, you, and that would manifest itself 
in lots of very bad ways. So does it do with like narcissism too? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. Oh yeah. That's, it should be the tagline of the show. Yeah, <laughs> narcissism but monster. it is. It's very. It's a very. I will say it's a very graphic show. So just um, don't watch it. It's terrible. Yeah. But, it's, but I'm cut. It's so, but it's so good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't exactly. watch Cobra Kai, but I found time for the boys. Uh, let's see. The last thing I did is I finished the first omnibus, which is a collection of books for those that wonder what the word omnibus is. Well, it means something bigger, but it's a collection, right, of things. I finished the first omnibus of Space Wolf, which is a uh, Warhammer 40K novel. I got a whole bunch of them from Humble Bundle for like 15 bucks. So I've been reading some of these 40k novels um, just to kind of fill I'm in. I'm still trying some... to figure out. I'm still trying to figure out how you have time. Okay, so you painted minis, you yeah. edged out on Death Trap, you right. watched the boys, and you yes. finished an omnibus, and you're working yes. 10 hour days. Yes. How's I'm just that's I'm, a geek I'm trying week, to add man. this up. Don't don't ask questions you don't want answers to. <laughs> we, we don't want we don't want the answers, and you like me are just gonna let our kids fall behind this year. It's not gonna be that big of a deal. <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean, listen, dude. I I told you I don't sleep much. I if, probably should yeah. get more sleep. If we all let our kids fall behind together, it'll all work out just fine. They'll all be. <laughs> that's that's they'll all, true. We'll the still find them. We'll just set set. We'll just erase a year. It's gonna be yeah. okay. It's gonna be all right. We'll just erase a year. Yeah. I'm the idiot that bought a Nintendo the week after school started. Come That's on. Hilarious, actually. <laughs> Come on. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. My son had a rude awakening with the fact that he cannot play Fortnite like five hours a day anymore. Oh. Now it's like summer's over. <laughs> so, yeah. Rude awakening. Anyway, Dan, uh, that was my Geek Week. Uh, Dan, why don't you get us into some of the news? All right. Geek news. Boop, 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 boop. That's All the right. official uh, tag. Yep. Intro. I'm going to record that from now on. And that's, <laughs> that's tabletop and beyond. Uh, yeah. I just hate that melody's trademarked by me, by the way. So you're going <laughs> to, it's going to cost you a nickel. <laughs> All right. So we've had several magic, the gathering settings translated to dungeons and dragons. So why not bring forgotten realms to the collectible card game? Wizards Whoa. of the coast announced several new magic, the gathering expansions and sets during their live stream event for, Zendikar Rising. But the biggest surprise may be Adventures in Forgotten Realms. This Black Border standard legal set will replace the core set released for 2021. Whoa. Dang, they're all in. Typically, the core set is specifically designed to be introductory for new players with less with a less steep cur- learning curve and lower competitive level. So this is cross-branding at its best. <clears throat> How many people do you think they'll draw that uh, you know, draw into magic? From D&D. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. There you go. Okay. All right. <laughs> we, I, don't, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, they've clearly done enough research to know they're not cross-populating enough anyway. So it's like right. Hasbro has market data that's like, well, we, you know, what's working is not working. Let's try this. Or it could be they're just out of new ideas and they should just tap into an IP. Yeah. And I there's nothing wrong people- with that. I could see people buying the cards for the artwork for D&D. Nobody does that. No. Oh, dude, there's a huge uh, MGT <laughs> art art community. Oh, I know. MGT art is amazing. But nobody... I don't know. I'm sorry. I think of it from a gamer are we, point are of Are we going to talk about cards? We're going to talk about cards. We are. Okay. Tonight. I promise. Nobody buys those. 
All right. So no, I'm just kidding. No, yes, people do buy art, buy cards for the art, but the idea is to get more people hooked on the game, right? Isn't the yeah. money stream of Magic: The Gathering to get back on buying, you know, booster packs, buying twelve co- right. cards in a in a plastic thing? Steady and, stream. And that's 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 a cash cow. We all know it. We all love Magic: The Gathering for keeping gaming alive during the dark days. So I'm not throwing any shade at Magic's of the Magic: of The Gathering. Magic the Gathering. Ooh. It's <laughs> Magics late. of the Gathering. Magics of the Gathering. Are you on the marijuana? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next news item. Astral Tabletop announced a partnership deal with one bookshelf allowing cross sales between drive through RPG and the Astral Marketplace. Oh. Publishers can create modules for the virtual desktop system and sell them through drive through RPG with a detailed walkthrough on how to set up a publisher account for Astral and a list of products for sale. Astral made several big steps this year to gain attention in a market dominated by Roll20 and Fantasy Ground starting when they opened up all paid services during the lockdowns and quarantines in March, placing their pro subscription on sale for on a uh, drive through RPG in June and adding over 1,400 new assets to their marketplace last month. So if you're in the business of building out an RPG and want to have it exist in virtual space, it's there for you, man. Um, nice. So it's cool. It's super cool. I haven't uh, poked around with Astral Tabletop. Have you guys? Uh, no, I haven't. But it's on the list of. Yeah. It's in the top three. So I, I, it, it, you know, you don't don't count them out. And they're apparently burrowing into ways to get people more interested in their platform. Listen, they did a smart thing by making it free for like some of the lockdown stuff, like lockdown time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. Genius. Well done. No. Any yeah. any anything that like. I think this is like a creative synergy. This is like unexplored territory. This is why I grabbed it as a news clip. It's like, okay, I, in art in drive through RPG, I can make RPG content. And now I can also put that content out yeah. on astral tabletop and I can sell it. Right. And right. that's, that's, that's a cool value proposition that maybe you wouldn't be able to, to do in a couple other of the venues. So I've seen like in, in roll 20, like, you can make modules and sell those in World 20. You know, like you can buy the D&D modules. But a lot of those are restricted IP stuff, you know. So yeah. the cool thing about doing it here um, on DriveThruRPG is they do have licenses to sell, um, you know, fan-made stuff through, you know, IPs yeah. there, you know. And so you could make your own D&D content and thing and then have it automatically loaded into the astral so that is pretty cool it's a, that is different than a roll 20 offering because roll 20 offering is really just like character sheets and yeah you know monster blocks and things like that, that and and, and very hard use. to monetize very hard to monetize mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. people should get re, you know some sort of recompense for the work is that the wrong word they should they should get profit for their work and this is just one more thing that's out there it's exciting. It's exciting to watch the to watch gaming evolve, and that's why I, I thought this was an interesting story. Yeah. Very good. All right. Who wants to talk about Avalon Hill? Jason. I do. I do. So Avalon Hill is currently teasing the return of Hero Quest. What? what? You know how many people are excited about this? Oh my gosh! Your uh, Dan, literally, your brother just pinged me about it and said, "Check this out." 
Yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is a big deal. I missed out on the Hero Quest wave because by the time I was gaming, it wasn't as easy to get to in my neck of the woods. But I have only heard about it many, many times, wistfully by many people, including Jay. Jay, you've played this one. Oh my gosh, yes. They're the uh, the countdown is seven days and thirteen hours, fifty seven minutes, and tick 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 tick. So I had I have out. a friend who I played rugby with, and I mean he calls me nerd all the time, which is totally fine. Twitches out. Then he asked me, he's like, "Hey, dude, do you have a copy of Hero Quest? Like, can you <laughs> teach my kids that game?" And I'm like, "What, nerd?" <laughs> yeah, I tell you, this is one of those games where this was my first. This was probably the first board game I got that introduced me to something outside of monopoly or you know those other crappy board games or strategio or you know strate- yeah. uh, how do you say strategio. it anyways it's, yeah it doesn't um, need to be said it's fine right <laughs> uh because my um, and i just showed it it was one of those games that my parents just like bought they were letting this really like, oh, this looks like something that uh jason would like to play and so you know it was like a christmas present and hmm, dude, how much and- satan stuff has it does it have any honey <laughs> Well, I don't know. Like Conan, those are good movies for kids. Conan, we should, uh, yeah, we should. My mom took me to see those in the theater, and there were boobs. Ah. Are you serious? Yes. The eighties were weird. The eighties were they weird. Were. Nobody, Anyways, dude, nobody I mean, this knew was anything. When I was when I was growing up. Whenever the whenever the cousins would come in for like Thanksgiving or whenever, they would come. We'd all say hi to our aunts and uncles, and then we would all go up into my room, and we would stay in the room for like three days on a request. <laughs> That's so awesome. And hi, Aunt I mean, Trudy. Hi, time, Uncle. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. And we'd come down for we'd come down when the turkey was ready, and then we'd go back up. And, and meanwhile, your parents are like, best investment ever. <laughs> I know. I know. Because like, we're the kids. I don't know. Don't ask. So it's yeah. that good. You, you're you ready to go down memory lane, even if it – are you worried about it not holding up to modern gamer sensibilities? I'm not because um, – just because I – it's one of those where you have such fond memories. Um, but also if you if you look at the community and you, and you kind of read around on the community, people say, you know, it's not complicated like all the games we have today. But it still is just a fun roll the dice, run around, hunt for treasure, and kill goblins and stuff. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm looking. I'm I'm excited to play something that. Well, we'll see, right? It. We don't know if they're just going to reprint. We don't know if they're going to do a second edition. We don't know if they're going to stay with the simplicity. We don't know. In seven days and thirteen hours and fifty five minutes, we'll find out. Yeah. What they're going to do. But and I would I still sit down and play the old game. Just this, if anything. This used to be a Milton Bradley game. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so you know, I mean, I think. Two episodes ago, we crapped on Milton Bradley. No, no, you but it was a gateway drug for Jay and and, lo- and the yeah. other way. The one thing I know about this one is that the YouTube videos about this are amazing. Well, yeah. they're just people going. There's a lot of really funny ones and well done. Oh there's yeah, so there's much. The, uh, the bard guy. There's, yeah. there's with a huge beard. Yeah. Yes, there's so much love for this game. So I'm down to play. It. Let me tell you what my wish is. My wish is that they don't change any game mechanics, but they just kind of. You know, maybe switch from you know cardboard tokens to minis or something like that, just to kind of that'd give be it. cool. That's that's what I'm interested in. If they go, try to go through and try to turn it into descent, we already have a descent. So, yeah. uh, yes, agreed. So there was a game that followed on the heels of Hero Quest um, that had the same concept and it was called Mutant Chronicles: The Siege of the Citadel. And my parents, when they saw how awesome it was that Hero Quest would keep me trapped in my room to leave them alone, they decided. 
to also buy me Mutant Chronicles about the same time. So this is like an 80s game, right? And it, Except it's like Hero Quest, but it's sci-fi. And if you look at it, it looks like something that would come out of Games Workshop today. Yeah. I mean, maybe not at the same, you know, level of minis and everything, but it's, you know, it's a it's a board with a multi-tier. I think there were like two levels that you could actually like physically move up, you know, like steps. Oh, in it. And the And the minis um, were like, you know, monsters with guns and you had guns and you could upgrade your characters and you kind of circled around, ran around in the Citadel trying to do stuff, so... Uh, you know, Hero Quest is like the fantasy version of that. Um, Mutant Chronicles, I don't think, got as big of a, a push on it. Um, and I don't think there's anything that's, you know, to resurrect that game. But I will absolutely be jumping on the Hero Quest bandwagon to play yeah. that game again. That'll be a lot of fun. I'm I'm interested in getting it as like, you know, this is something that my I know my kids will like because Sophie's into D&D. Ryan likes playing it. Emily's a little young for D&D because she's like seven, you know. But I, I think she'd like this game because she loves rolling dice, you know. And um, this is, uh, you know, it's like a bit of a dungeon crawler. So it's it's not so much like trying to solve a mystery, you know. No, it's... <laughs> it not no it really isn't it's just move through the dungeon find the treasure kill the bad guys and get yeah. out of the dungeon and upgrade your stuff in town and have fun rolling dice yep it sounds yeah. like descent <laughs> yeah <laughs> except I'm kidding, so I'm much kidding. simpler so much simpler yeah, yeah i'm kidding yeah, yeah. anyways cool <laughs> we're all yes, we're, it does have a lot of the tenets of descent <laughs> we're all excited about this game i mean yeah. even if you've never played it you're i'm a little excited that you know, people that publish games are really thinking about what what are the treasures in the back catalog that are worth reprinting. So it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like impossible to find too. Have you seen it? Like on eBay, it's like three hundred dollars. Yeah, no one wants to sell their copy. No, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, one other no piece of news. That, yeah, <laughs> nice. One one other piece of news that came out, um, and this was a big one. Uh, apparently Xbox just released that they are going to be selling the Series S and X, and they released the price points from it. The backstory of this is that apparently they had a briefing that they were going to share, I think, at the end of this week or next week, that got leaked. So they had to get ahead of it and put Mm -hmm. out their announcement like a week and a half early. Um, But uh, we see that the Xbox Series X, which is the high-end, you know, 12 teraflops, whatever that means, of graphic processing power, and, oh, you know, the most powerful console in the world will be $499, and the younger kid brother um, that always wants to tag along, but it's not quite as handy in the graphic processing department, the Xbox Series S, will be $299. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, I think that uh, – oh, and one of the cool things is they got some offerings that they um, – Xbox is doing where you can finance uh, one of these machines for I think like 24 months or something like that. And in the finance price of it, the Xbox Games Pass Ultimate is included. Yeah. And um, that which is I think probably one of the best deals with a new console. Because a lot of their um, headline marquee games are coming straight to the Xbox Games Pass, so that's pretty awesome. It's great. That's great. I think it's like thirty-five dollars a month for the Series X, and the you know, and the Games Pass, and you get all the multiplayer gold benefits as well. 
And um, oh, and another thing is, is I saw that EA, their subscription service, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. is being included in the Xbox Games Pass. Yeah, so Battlefront huge. 2, Dan, is free. Free, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I've been keeping a lot of powder dry when I got my 4K Dolby Atmos, Dolby Vision set up. I almost broke down and bought the last best Xbox and then went online and um, it doesn't do the best job of doing Dolby Vision. So I'm like, well, I'll just wait for the next generation. It's right around the corner. Yeah. So I, 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 I think I went yeah. on, I think I went on discord going, should I, should I, should I? And I basically, after the thread went, eh, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I would have too. <laughs> I think stage. it's smart. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, my Xbox, my original Xbox one, you know that the so there's the Xbox One and then the Xbox One X. Um, my original Xbox One is from 2013. You know, so it's been seven years, and it's a nice little machine. It does great with 1080p stuff, but um, you know the TVs are starting to get a little bit better, and you know games are starting to get a little bit crazier. So uh, need that upgrade. Yeah, and I, I'm ready to get more content to put, and so I want the one with the disk drive, of course, because if it doesn't fail at reading uh, a 4K Blu-rays like the other one did, uh, and it did okay. Everybody's like, everybody hates on it. It does okay, and then guys with technical benches put things side to side and say, really, no, it's not. It's not doing it properly. Yeah. So, um, and that you know, they lost my business because they didn't execute it perfectly. And so what? Who cares? I'll just end up spending money on the next thing. But I, right. I do want, I do want more content that's in Dolby Atmos and in Dolby Vision because I have that capability and I don't feel like I'm pushing it. I don't feel like my my Apple TV, uh, it, it does okay. It does really right. nice. It does a really nice job. I got the best streamer for for Vision and Atmos, um, in my opinion, that works with my lifestyle. I know there's another one out there that's a little cheaper. But anyway, I'm looking for more content, and I really want to rattle my windows. Really want to rattle my windows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know about you guys. I already told my wife I'm planning to get the X in November. Yeah, there's there's so. <clears throat> there's no reason. I mean, not to get it get it while they're out there. I mean, we're all still stuck at home, so yeah. I think demand will be high in my my limited opinion. The hilarious thing is that my original Xbox One, the power supply crapped out on us when we moved into our new house, and um, I got an aftermarket one, and it literally sounds like a World War II propeller bomber <laughs> taking off. <laughs> right? It's like. Rrr. Um, it's so loud when you're watching a TV that my wife's like, is there anything you can do about that? I'm like, yes, November 10th, I will do something about oh, that. Oh, baby. You, hey, you asked for it. You wanted, you wanted an upgrade. Exactly. She's like, fine. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Just because of the noise. You get it's a, a $500 okay. fix to a problem or six cent. Yeah. $500 fix to the problem. Oh, good for you, man. <laughs> I'm excited for you. Yeah. So, yep. Cool. Uh, anything else? Yeah, I have one little fun thing. Uh, so right. Ashton Martin, more cars. Uh, annou- yeah, they announced the uh, AMR Dash C01, which is a seventy-four thousand dollar luxury racing simulator. Oh, and they are only making one hundred and fifty. So get them while you can. So is it when you like sit in like a pod? Oh yeah, dude, look it up. The AMR Dash <laughs> C01. It's it's a beautifully sculpted pod. 
I'm sorry. If you're going to spend that kind of money on an I Aston know, right? Martin. Whoa, what like the video, heck? The video game will not impress the girls. <laughs> the I, yeah, right. And so if you're married, you don't need an Aston Martin. I don't know. I'm sorry. I it's, still cool. it's still cool. You, it's still cool. I guarantee you that you will find this in a Vegas casino. Yeah. And it's going to cost you $20 to do it one time. Yeah. 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 And people will pay. Yeah. It. Yeah. They will. They will. You get the full, they quote, you can get the full hypercar experience. So there you are. Uh, it'll be fun. I remember it's funny. Uh, you know, I I used to really like Lotuses, the way the Lotus cars look. Uh-huh. I think they still are really cool looking little cars. Yeah. And one time years ago, I got on their website and I was like, what's the price range? And I was like, okay, there's that's what the price is. But um, <laughs> they had a little mini game on there that said, see if you, see if Lotus is right for you. And you click this, you click this thing, this little Java, this is back in the day, right? This little Java applet would open up and it opens and instantly you have, you, your mouse controls this tiny little white square in the middle of this really small window. And these four, from the four corners, these gray boxes are coming in on you and you have to escape the gray boxes to one of the edges before they get to you. And like the first time you fail, it says, we're sorry. Lotuses aren't the right car for you. Oh Please no! Go find something else. Oh, wow! No. <laughs> no. So I hit refresh, and I, it took me like seven tries to finally get the box out. And I was like, "Congratulations! Here are some of our models." But that is like, wow. totally jacked up. Yeah, it's like you don't have the agility <laughs> to drive one of our vehicles. Crap on that is crackers. hilarious. I know, right? It's, you know, cool. it's ego. You're buying your own ego. You're, You're spending your money ego. on your ego, like eating your yeah. feelings. Yeah, I mean these are, uh, yeah, it's kind of like the Tesla thing there, right? Like, it's, Tesla is not a hundred thousand dollar car, and a Lotus is like a hundred thousand oh, yeah. dollar car, depending on the model you get. But seventy four thousand so, dollars, you can race as fast as you want. So when I was in uh, France, um, there was this Lotus car there, right? We'd see it all the time in this one city I was in, and um, I mean we'd see it, and we'd be like, oh, there's the Lotus, there's the Lotus, right? It was like one of our highlights of our day, you know, seeing yeah. the Lotus. And one time I'm standing there looking at the car and this guy comes out of the store and it's his car. Right. And I said, that is a, um, I said, that's a nice car. And he goes, no, it's a beautiful car. <laughs> and he gets in it and just like, vroom, and like takes off, you know, and, and I was shall just never like, touch it. yeah, my, my, my companion just looked at me like, Dude, you just got shut down, <laughs> man. <laughs> I was it's like, well, funny when you see these cars. Like, I was in, uh, I was in uh, DC once, and walking, you know, it's typically not a good idea. But we were trying to cut over streets, so we decided to go down a back alley. And I had a bunch of people with me, so we felt comfortable doing it. But in this kind of not not a super nice part of town, but not a like totally bad part of town. But we cut through this dark alley, and halfway down the alley we look over to the left there's a little cubby and there's just an aston martin sitting there nice an aston martin sitting there and we're like what the... <laughs> there's just a random you know aston martin sitting here in the back alley in the middle of you know downtown dc and i'm like well i guess there's money here <laughs> see i grew anyways. up in las vegas where everybody's trying to front themselves right so it's like okay i mean if you race. if yeah. you lived and worked close enough to the strip Pun intended. It, it's like living in Florida. You just see everything, and you just it just, just it there. just blends yeah. in, and and you're like, oh well, <laughs> good luck with that midlife crisis. Sorry, your penis doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and once you see like 
uh, one of those, once you're in a bad part of Vegas in traffic and a guy pulls over, the car opens and a random skank girl jumps in. You're like, oh my gosh. Oh. So, but no, we won't talk about Las Vegas. This is not a Las Vegas <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's uh, okay. Funny. I had a money launderer in my family. It was all good. It was all good. There's lots we could talk about for things we've seen in Vegas. We will not go down that Vegas rabbit hole. Okay. All right. <laughs> What's our main topic? All right. We're talking about Lore Smith. Yes. Let me introduce Dan, this. Oh, go ahead. Take us away. I'm taking it away. Okay. So Facebook burrowed into my brain. I spent finally spent money on a product from a company that Facebook was advertising me to. I never thought I'd see the day. Usually if their ads just don't annoy me, I'm good. So anyway, long story short, I dig RPG tools that make my life easy as a GM. Like I have a dice that I've been carrying around with me for 30 years. It's a D6 and it has six different traps on it. I hardly ever use it, but it's one of my good luck charms. I have a dice that has the weather. I have a dice that has hit location. It's a big old D12. That one comes out a lot. And it, it, does. it has a crotch shot, and that crotch shot comes up That's all the time. Right. And it I, does. It's a weighted dice. Way too much, and I usually reroll the crotch shot based on the story needed at the time. So anyway, um, I, and I have a virtue vice dice, which is a lot of fun. There's seven virtues and seven vices, and it has totally changed campaigns rolling that die. But anyway, I really love these tools that make my life easy. So... Um, so I found out about Lore Smith, L-O-R-E-S-M-Y. There's a Y in the Smith, Y-T-H.com, if, if you're curious. And they were advertising to me about a, uh, a supplement that was system neutral called Remarkable Inns. It's like, you know you need to be in bars when you're in D&D. Let's make them interesting. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm halfway there. This is cool. And then they also had Remarkable Shops, which was, hey, there's got to be, in, you know, every store shouldn't be the same. Every inn should not be the inn at the Prancing Pony. And so I'm, I'm cruising through the website, and I almost buy none of this stuff. And I don't get excited about Kickstarters usually. Um, and then, um, you know, they also, they had, they do Kickstarters and they also sell maps, uh, but they had these, uh, dungeon discovery decks. Now there's a million of these decks out there. They're usually treasure or magical items or stuff like that. And so they have Wilderland voyages and curious treasures and stuff like that. And they also had three sci-fi decks. And I'm going to go into these, the sci-fi ones, because that's the one that I paid for, right? So for sci-fi dungeon discovery decks, they have 50 cards of story hooks, locations, and searches in three different decks. Each one of these decks, they, they charge $15 for. If you buy them in a set, they're 30 bucks, and sometimes you can get a credit um, depending on what's going on, and which usually ends up paying for shipping. Uh, I, I ordered these a little over a week ago and this company's based out of the Netherlands, right? So I'm like, I'm never going to see this. I'm going to throw this money and then you're never going to see it. I, I'm never going to see it. It's going to go from the nether. I kept telling my kids about, well, they're from the Netherlands and they're like, this is a Minecraft thing. I'm like, no, it's not, it's not the <laughs> nether. It's not the nether. But anyway, um, uh, so it came, they were in, they were in my hands in seven days because they had they have order fulfillment in California. Oh, nice! And that was great. And shipping was very modest. It was like eight bucks, and I was plenty pleased. So what makes these different than other tools that are similar? First of all, they're sci-fi based. That is exciting for me because I do more sci-fi GM work. 
Um, most of the products they have are fantasy based, which is lovely, but it, I don't, I don't throw a lot of money at that. Right. And so, um, how they work different is, um, let's take one of the simple ones. Let's take, um, location. So every card doesn't have like one thing with artwork on it. They have multiple things on every card. So let's say the locations card, it will have, um, four descriptions of a location and then, sorry, four different locations and then two, two different types of descriptions. So mm-hmm. in a 50 card deck, you're up to over 20,000 different possible combinations. Okay. So I just pulled one randomly out of location. So there's a, an illusionary theater, a funeral shrine, a storage room, and a sick bay. And then you can pair that up with two different, you know, descriptions. Flocked with civilians that need help getting away. And spins wild, and the other one is spins wildly. Everything inside remains stationary. So there's there's something to think about. It gives you like um, it gives you a, a a bounce from from a story standpoint. So what I did because I you know Jay offered for me to talk about this on t- tonight's podcast. I was like, wow, um, I'd already prepped one adventure for my Star Wars campaign in record time using the cards. I'm like. Could I prep an entire adventure in 15 minutes for two hours of gameplay? And the answer is yes. Okay, so let me tell you about one of the other decks. The other decks is Searches. It's full of stuff and descriptions of stuff. All right, so here's the card. Here's a random card for uh, the Searches. There is a radio... uh, there, there's a bioscanner, jump boots, electric wiring, and a high security safe, and four different mm-hmm. descriptors: radiation shielded, gravity defined, long distance unfixable. So I could connect those things up. I could do a gravity gravity defined jump boots. That's kind of a, a, a no brainer. But I could do um, an unfixable high security safe or something like that, right? And you can pull as many cards as you want and connect up different ideas across yeah. the different, across multiple cards from the same set or cards across sets. Okay. And the most interesting one, I'm kind of saving the most, the, the one that I, I'm really excited about for last is the story hooks. So in the story hooks section, there are um, two uh, who's, there's two who questions, like two people, right? And then there's two actions, two whys, and two twists. Okay, so on the the session I prepped for my next game session, I had on one card the two who's was the spice was a spice merchant and a symbiote. And then we had actions pollutes the region, seizes cargo. Uh, the uh, why is to etern- to earn eternal glory or to start over again. And then the twists are, yet mental issues erupt, or but it's a trap, okay? So what I can do is I can pull three or four cards, look for a who that I find interesting. Right now I'm doing a bounty hunter campaign, so the the who is really important because I'm coming up with these bounties because I want to be able to hand the players two or three different bounties and have it be an interesting adventure, not just uh, we shoot them with stun, we put them in the ship, we get paid, right? We, We want it to be really interesting. So I pulled um, two cards from the hooks deck. I pulled two cards from the locations deck and two cards from the searches deck and, and plan some gaming. So I already read you that one card uh, that had the, uh, the, per- the, the people and the action and the, the twists. Right. And I also had um, 
let's see, a Barbarian Shaman on another card and Captive Alien. So I looked at those four and I'm like, well, this is Star Wars. I'm going to do the Spice Merchant because these are all kind of beginning characters, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, uh, that's a good one. So, you know, what was the action that prompted this? And one of those was Seize's Cargo. So I had Pollutes the Region, Seize's Cargo, Hack Servant Droids, and and the other one is Starts to Run Amok. So I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do Seize's Cargo because this is still a beginning campaign. Um, and then there was a reason, right? To I had to come up with a reason. Why was this? Why why was this bounty doing this? Was it to etern- earn eternal glory? To start over again? To save victim souls? Or to rise in a hierarchy? And I went okay to start over again. This guy stole some cargo. He was impersonating a crime syndicate enforcer. He was going to do. And I'm using a, a cliche because RPGs are great for tropes and cliches. One last big score, and then he would he would move to the other side of the galaxy and start over again. Right. So I've already got this idea of this spice merchant going in my brain. And that's on two cards. I just pull two cards and I, I already have this, this, in, this hook that's got my juices flowing, right? Um, and then I can, I, I can do some other things, right? Like I also wanted to pull the, 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 the twist. So I did yet mental issues erupt was one of the things. I'm like, okay, so he's gone a little crazy. He's looking over his shoulder. He's got deep paranoia, and now he's turning violent. Because I want some of these bounties to be like straight-up bad guys so they don't feel bad pecking him. I don't want him to be like, don't always want him to be the NPC who's fallen in love, but they have the bounty on the guy who's just trying to do good, right? Because that's mm-hmm. sometimes you, you got to mix it up, right? Anyway, so he's paranoia, and I'm like, well, maybe he, like, strafed a small village with a starship. That sounds really messed up, right? This is him killing younglings, right? Um, and so, <laughs> right. so I'm like, okay, let's do the wear cards, right? So um, there were, you know, I pulled two cards, a, a glass tunnel, troop barracks, high-security armory, food pantry, gang headquarters, private casino, elevated causeway, robotic zoo. So I went with gang headquarters um, because I figured, well, you know, the glass tunnel, I, I, it, it wasn't sparking anything for me, and I was trying to do this in 15 minutes, right? And a robotic zoo, as fun, as interesting as that sound, I was like, oh, I don't want to prep a robotic zoo, right? <laughs> like, I'm not really. So I bought a zoo. So I bought a zoo, right? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, but then there's twists, right? There's four different twists on the location cards. Um, one of them is it's being compressed and time is slowing down around it. The other one is filled with giant heavy machinery that buzzes gently. The other one is uh, is ambushed by, venge- by a vengeful group of freedom fighters. And the fourth one is is a secret teleport destination known to just a few. So I was like, well, obviously this guy strafed a village, so he's going to have people that are vengeance on them. So I figured out the point in the, at the point in time they figure the PCs find him in the gang headquarters. There'll also be the moment where the people with uh, torches and pitchforks who are un, uh, who are not armed to the teeth are coming to get him because they're they're getting revenge on him at the same time. Uh, and then I had pulled two cards for. Um, for stuff 
And usually this stuff allows me to figure out what the trail that this bounty is leaving, right? It's got to be, you got to have some clues. There's a little bit of mystery in bounty hunters, right? You, you know, you got to find the guy. So one card was data, data log, multi-pass, food processor, cryptocurrency. The other one was ID badge, monster skull, ammo bandolier, and moonflower seed. So I went with, um, for this particular game I was prepping, I went with counterfeit ID badge because I already established that this guy had uh, pretended to be somebody else, right? And then uh, I also went with the custom ammo bandolier because Star Wars, right? Uh, bandoliers are cool. Mm-hmm. But the, the four different uh, descriptions for each of these cards was medical lab, custom made antiquated and one of them is corbin dallas's <laughs> so there's a fifth element shout out on there nice. the other one was counterfeit badly designed cheap plastic and foil wrap so i went with a counterfeit id badge um and a custom made ammo bandolier i'm like what would you why would you need a custom made ammo bandolier i'm like oh yeah it's got grenades on it and he's got an auto firing grenade launcher so i've already figured out what weapon i'm going to use to fire on the pcs when they find it so this was a 15 minute session prepped off of six cards i had no none of this was preconceived i usually have stories rumbling around in my head for weeks between sessions and now i have a, a a bounty hunter story ready to go in a moment's notice. And you can use these cards while you're playing. And that's kind of what they're designed for. Yeah. It's like, oh, you go into a room and instead of saying you find nothing, you can pull a card and you can find Corbin Dallas's uh, cryptocurrency or something like that, right? Right. So I'm- Yeah, I like I like how, I mean, this is clearly a generic um, sci-fi setting, right? Yes. And you're able to quickly adapt it to Star Wars just as you would be if you were playing rogue trader or um you know android or something like that yeah as well yeah 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 the generic part sometimes things are a good genre fit sometimes they're not right so i'm going to ask you the question i asked you before we started which is i uh, get emails all the time from this place called d100 dice geeks i think mm. um and they you know have all of their little things where it's like oh for um you know, a dollar, you can go on to drive through RPG and download our D100 forests map. Right. So you could, you know, create your own forest or, you know, figure out a, a dungeon or a town or something like that. And basically it's, you know, a hundred items on here. You roll, you know, a couple of D10s or something like that and you pick out each one and you've sort of populated it. In, in your view, what's the difference between like this card deck... That you paid thirty dollars for a couple of decks, versus me paying like a couple of dollars for a D one hundred. It's thing. it's really the form factor, okay? Okay. So it's really the form factor. Uh, what a card does is it allows you to focus your attention. They're high quality. They're nice card decks. You know they're uh-huh. they're you know they're 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 not cheap. Um, there's not a lot of room for artwork, so you don't buy them for the artwork. You buy them for the for the content. No, it, I mean. Trust me, rolling on tables is a cheaper way to go, to be mm-hmm. quite honest. But of course, um, what this allows me to do is to put together disparate things, locations, searches, story yeah. hooks, and the card backs are all the same. So you can actually shuffle them together and not know what you're getting, right? Um, I'm a little bit more persnicky- persnickety about that. I kind of like knowing which one I'm pulling from. Uh, yeah. and, and And the idea is... Those tables are good, but they're it's a table of a hundred, but it doesn't give you some ideas on why or how it connects to other right. things. 
And what I really yep. like about this is my ability to spread out six cards or three cards next to each other and say, oh, I see, I'm starting to see a pattern. It's connecting up to me in a way that's <laughs> creative for me and not so much. You roll on a table, turn to page 304, here's the bad guy stat block. There's no stat blocks in any of this. You've got to do your own work there. Um, but yeah, there it's, it's not a, it's not a cheap product. I mean, but at the same time, I think they're, they're really well made. I was so excited about it that I, I backed their next Kickstarter at the $3 level just so I could get in on the backer zone, even though I'm not going to use anything in there. I was just like, these, these guys can have my $3 and maybe I'll get something off here. Mm -hmm. Um, It reminds me a little bit of like the same thing you, you would come to when you finished a game of Call to Adventure, you'd look at all yes. of the cards that you had played and you realized, I just told a story with these random cards that I've played with before, but put together in a different order. Absolutely. Right. Ab- oh man, this was big time Call to Adventure without the marvelous artwork, to be to be honest. But, um, they, but they're denser. And to be honest, I can walk around with three small decks in my cargo shorts instead of like a hardbound book where I have to yeah. read paragraphs of, of the writer wanting to explain every nuance. Mm-hmm. But the, these are just like the pieces of the sentence that you need, and then you start filling in the background. Like the, the Spite Smergent, who has gone crazy and is strafing a village. That's something that came from me. But this Kickstarter, not to use the term Kickstarter, but, but this prompted me to get away from the blank page. Because usually I start these adventures thinking of my bad guy. Well, who's my bad guy, and why are they bad, and what did they do? Um, it, it's really helping me prep store new types of stories in new ways in very, yeah. in very short periods of time. Yeah. I think, I think the difference between getting this, you know, $2 PDF that's got a hundred different ideas on it. Um, those are nice. I think if you're putting together maybe a general geographic area, like if you want to say like, what's in this town and you just roll a bunch of like random buildings. Okay, cool. There's that, right? I think what this does better, based on what you've said, is that um, it uh, ties a lot of different things together that really give you a rainbow of information versus just straight like, okay, well, there's a blacksmith, there's, uh, you know, a cobbler, there's an inn called this, there's, you know, this, when you go into the city. Here you're like, okay, you walk into a room and there's a busted out barrel with these types of things in it um, that were put there by a wicked elf that tried to kidnap a girl once, you know? And right. Like, oh, okay, cool. Right. I mean, like, it is very, um, there's a lot of background and history and hooks that are in that versus just saying like, oh, there's a blacksmith in a town. Right. You know? Right. You could fall into the red herring trap of he- pulling a card and have everything the players do be a red herring that doesn't go back to the main story. Or uh-huh. you could run it, you know, and it's like you could write all seven seasons of Lost on decks like these, right? Just like, uh, Polar Bear on the Beach. Okay, we're, okay, Polar Bear on the Beach. <laughs> right. Let's do this. Let's do this, right? Um, you could do it that way. And if you're in a sandbox type game where people don't like being railroaded, this is like a godsend. Because yeah. if you have players who will not get on the rails you, you uh, and you are out of ideas, you can make it look like, and I'm sorry, gaming over Zoom really helps that. You can make it look like this is a very seamless narrative. Um, so it's a, right, it's, a G, it's a GM trick. But also at the same time, if you pulled out a bunch of cards and you see hooks that hook into your main story and then you have some other details to go with it and it prompts some, some new ideas 
in-game. It could be also not used as a way to divert the players down the red herring path, but to also rope them back in in, in, a, in ways that are new and, and stimulate your interest, right? Because yeah. the problem with writing RPGs is because you figured out one or two ways for them to get to point A or point B, and they are nowhere near there. And, um, and it's frustrating for you that they're not getting the cues and they don't want to go. They don't want to do, they don't want to play dot to dot with you. They don't want to go from one to two to three yeah. to four to five. They want it to feel like there's an infinite universe and they can turn over every rock. Now they literally can open any door and I can pull a card and yeah, start talking great. to them about stuff that's there. And right. they won't, unless I'm doing it at the table, they really don't have an idea whether or not that connects to the narrative. So I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm excited. Um, I've already prepped um, three different mini modules for my next campaign. We're running again this week on Friday. And um, I'm just, I'm just, I don't get this excited about tools, um, RPG tools, because they seem all the same to me over and over again. But yeah. this felt really fresh and I jive on anything that's like a hit location die. And for me, this is like a 50 sided actually. So if you look on the sides of the boxes, so for the story hooks, there's 40,000 possible combinations. And I said that $20,000, 20,000 uh, combinations for locations. It's another 40,000 possible combinations for searches as well. That is enough randomization for yeah. me to use this for a long, long time without it feeling like, it's stale. And if it's, if you don't like that card, you, you pulled it too many times, just take the next one and see what that is. Throw it away real mm -hmm. fast. So um, I'm looking at their website. I think that their best products on their website right now are these card decks. So they have them, they have the uh, sci-fi searches, sci-fi story hooks, sci-fi locations. And then they have the uh, fantasy story hooks, fantasy searches, fantasy locations. Yeah. And they both have, you know, the three, so there's three card packs, like you were saying, that are $39 right now um, on sale, you know, as a bundle. Or you can buy each card pack between 6 and $15. Yeah. Depending on, you know, if you want it. So I think those are their best products there. Um, it looks like they've got some modular maps that are probably similar to the cards and that you're like, okay, we need a, they go into a random dungeon, let's just grab these tiles and sort of put them together. Yeah. Yeah, and you, if you, need you that. can kind of move them around if you need that. You need so that. those go for it. Looks like um, you know, there's like uh, the bundle, the modular dungeon map tile bundle goes for seventy dollars, but there's a whole bunch of different things that come with that. Um, so it it looks interesting. Um, they've got a whole bunch of look, what looks to be like uh, modules for D and D five E or Pathfinder. Yeah, and everybody's doing that, and that's a cool thing yeah. too. That yeah, that doesn't. That doesn't excite me. One of their theories in the gaming is instead of just going from point A to point B, make that interesting and exciting. So they have Wondrous Expeditions, Forests. That's their Kickstarter. It's like right. if you're going from point A to point B, don't just be the same random encounter table that everybody else is doing. Weave an interesting narrative in surprising ways. So And they do that, and that's the same with the inns. Make the inns more. Yep. Don't make everything the prancing pony, et cetera, et cetera. I kind of yeah. like that philosophy. And the art's nice. You can see the art on the website. It's it's plenty good enough for me for RPGs. And I, I don't, I, it's definitely not unprofessional. It's good. Um, right. You could see, you could see uh, equal or lesser art on the shelf in a bookstore and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. So for me, um, 
like I'm I I think the lack of sci-fi products for my money is probably the thing that's keeping me from spending more money. But you know, D and D is a bigger deal. In fact, I'm more likely to be quite honest to start a fantasy cam RPG campaign with some of these tool sets to make it more fun for me to run fantasy. Like I could run Terranoth yeah. or or D and D five e. Um, not necessarily oh, this would be great for Terranoth. Yeah, not necessarily, you know, for their their campaigns, and I'm sure they have great campaigns. I don't know. I haven't seen them. Uh, your mileage may vary, but the these tool sets actually, I mean, I I I don't default to wanting to do fan, a fantasy campaign, but I would I could get interested with with having tools like this at my hands, especially since like uh you know Terranoth, uh you know the the generic you know fantasy setting from Genesis, um especially since it's not as well developed as 5e you know oh, yeah. and so so there's so many you know adventure books out there there's so many you know little small adventures that you could buy for two bucks five bucks whatever um you know that you sometimes don't need something like these cards but right you do something like tyrannoth and you really all you have is a magic system, some stat blocks, and a sort of an outline of like what the setting is. And it's like, all right, go, man. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. In fact, I, are there any adventure sets for Tyrannoth? I don't even know. There's just one hardbound book and and stat cards. They put out some stat block cards, which I bought all of them, even though I'm not. So there's like a them. campaign in the hard book. Uh, no, I don't think there's a campaign. It's all just yeah, lore. See? It's all just lore. Yeah, I think it's all lore stuff, and it's up to you to make it up. So. And drive through RPG. There's lots of because that's an open gaming type license. Yeah. There's 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 adventures on on drive through RPG okay. written by players. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another thing that these cards would be really good for are writing prompts. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you know, if you're struggling, if you get a block, or you just want to sit down and have an exercise, uh, man, I mean, you could use these. It'd be great to use in uh, in an edge of classroom, you know. Oh, hey, that, we're, we're going to write a short story, um, you know, a three paragraph, four paragraph thing, and here's your prompt. Boom. Yeah. Exactly. Like I have a, a, a mission for cargo because these guys are also smugglers. Um, poor quality thermal suits. Well, why would somebody want to sell somebody else a poor quality thermal suit? Well, what if they're they're obviously trying to make a buck? What if the player mm -hmm. characters realize they delivered these to the magma miners and it would kill them? And but yeah. the, yet they bought the suits and they've got cash invested in it. So in one card pool, I already have a moral dilemma, right? And I have a good guy. Mm -hmm. and I have a good. I, I have a victim, a bad guy, and a moral dilemma. That was a single card pool for me. It takes me, yeah, to be cool. honest, a very long time to come up with new ideas that I haven't run with other groups before. Because sometimes I forget. Yeah. I have a bag of tricks that I go to, and I'm like, oh, I can't pull out this one with this group because I already did this one with with them. Um, I need creative. I, I need the prompts, like Jay was saying. I I need something. I need I, the blank piece of paper. I have I, it drives me out of my mind. I just can't. Mm. I just can't start with a blank piece of paper. Anyway, yeah, that's very cool. I, I I I don't get excited about stuff. I got excited about these. They showed at my house from the Netherlands in record time. Um, and the other thing is, once I signed up, man, they were all over my social media, and I had to like turn off some preferences. I'm like, guys, guys, yes, I'm a customer. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I promise. I promise to keep an <laughs> eye on you. I promise when you sell stuff that I'm into, I'm gonna take a look. But. Whole hell's bells. I don't need this much social media coming at me. So, but it was that social media that, 
you know, it was that blaring horn of Facebook that got this on my radar. And I don't know. I must have looked at, like you guys, dozens of different products over the years. Right. Um, you, through social media. I'm like, well, good for them. I wish them well, but it's not my cup of tea. And I finally found my cup of tea. Very good. Very, very good. Cool, Dan, thank you for the review. Uh, I am very interested. I'm actually thinking about my daughter's doing a creative writing program. I might actually pick up a set of cards for her just for what you said, Jason. Yeah, could be fun. You know? Yeah, absolutely. If she gets stuck doing something, I mean, it's a good way to dislodge some, you know, some creative juices. I, w- right. I was going to send some to the uh, the two showrunners of Lost and say, your next series right here, just just do this. <laughs> just start pulling cards. We'll, we'll <laughs> just keep the mystery going. They, well, they, they went on to do um, The Leftovers. Yeah. Yeah. After they did Lost, yeah. and I don't know if you saw that. That was an amazing show. Oh, no, One of my favorites of all time. So good. So, anyway. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Dan, thank you for the product review, and uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch to see how it's working out with your uh, upcoming games. I, I promise to be salty and unimpressed by every other product I come across. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and have a great night. Nighty-night. See you.